Hi there. It's me, Cheryl Richardson, and um, I'm here for our weekly Facebook Live. And I will spend probably the next 30 minutes um, doing my best to talking a little bit about self-care and then doing my best to give you some coaching or answer questions you might have. So um, early on, you want to get your questions or whatever it is you'd like some coaching on. You want to get it typed out so that you can post it in the comments section. Um, once I ask for it, you'll be able to do it. Um, you'll be able, you've got a better chance of me um, uh, giving you the coaching that you want uh, the earlier you post your comments in. Plus, you also want to copy it um, because Facebook moves so quickly. Um, the comments move so quickly, and I can't always scroll back, so you might need to post it a few times. Um, hi, Cheryl. Welcome to you. Good evening to you, too. And Leah, welcome. And Ev, hi there. Monica, glad you're here. And uh, Lori and Pia from San Diego, welcome to you. Alexandra and... Um, Lee, welcome, and Sherry, hello there. Um, Elena, good morning to you. <laughs> good morning um, in New Zealand, from New Zealand. Hi, Nancy, welcome to you, and Debbie, glad that you're here. And Doreen, and Kit, and Lori, and Sandra, and Adrian. Um, Adrian, yes, I look forward to seeing you at the self-care retreat. I'm glad you're coming. We just um, opened regist registration. We notified the wait list and now it's open um, to everybody. So if you go to CherylRichardson.com, you'll be able to find a link right to it. And I'll say a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, and we'll also post a link here, of course, when we're done. Hi, Joanne, welcome to you and Gail. And, um, and Cynthia, welcome and Kidada. Um, from Austin, welcome to you. Hi, Heather, uh, and Christy, and Margie, and Terry, and uh, Joanna from North Country, New York. <laughs> Do you have any snow yet, or are you getting snow as well? You probably are. Um, so anyway, uh, here we are. It's uh, January. We're about to get a snowstorm this weekend. I started to groan about it, then I realized, hello, it's winter and we haven't had much snow. We've actually had pretty decent weather, so I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> I'm gonna just, I'm gonna accept, which is what I wanna talk a little bit about, um, acceptance and patience as um, powerful acts of self-care. Earlier today, I was at a CVS pharmacy and um, I was there to drop off a prescription for a family member. And so I waited in line. I could tell they were very busy at the pharmacy area and I waited in line for probably 20 minutes. And when I got up to the register, the woman said to me, oh, you're in the wrong line. You need to go like 10 feet over into this different line. And I said to her, but I've been waiting 20 minutes. Couldn't you please, um, you can't handle this here. And she said, no, it's not something I handle. You have to go over to the other line. Okay, fine. <laughs> I went over to the other line and um, I stood in that line for about 30 minutes. And um, I progressively got more and more frustrated, more and more um, angry. I watched, there were several people behind the counter and I have to say they were all busy and they were all actually really lovely people. There wasn't any, there weren't any jerks behind the counter. They were just understaffed. And um, there was a woman in front of me, an elderly woman, 
very elderly woman with a prescription that she was trying to get filled. And um, they told her that, you know, they were very busy and that she'd have to come back the next day. And the woman said, well, but it's supposed to snow in the morning and I don't know if I can get, get here. And there was nothing they could do. And I just, I just thought, I just like, I felt myself getting really, really pissed off. Then I realized, you know, this is what it is. I can't do anything about it. I can't make the line go faster. I can't insist that this woman behind the counter fill this elderly woman's prescription. It's completely out of my control. Sure, I can complain to headquarters, and I will, that this poor location seems incredibly understaffed. Um, and I think it's important for management to know things like that. But the reality was I couldn't do anything about it. I just had to accept the situation. And I had to have patience. And so I kind of, you know, grinned and bared and white knuckled my way to acceptance and then just started breathing. And as I was there, I thought about, you know, the just the people who really um, were seriously ill and needed medication or um, the people behind the counter who were clearly overworked and stressed out. And I just kept breathing. And, um, and before you know it, I just sort of just decided that it was, I was just going to enjoy this moment. And I think every single day we're faced with situations like that, right? That's a, that's a minor situation compared to what a lot of us deal with um, where we're stuck in traffic or we're helping an elderly parent who doesn't move that quickly, or we're trying to get some services somewhere that aren't coming in the time frame that we want. And uh, we have an opportunity in that moment to get all worked up. And that's what I noticed was happening. I could feel my energy rising as I got more and more angry, more and more frustrated. I could feel my cortisol levels increasing in my body. You know, it's not going to do any good. It's not going to help anybody. It's not going to support anybody. And there are just times when we have to accept that we're in a situation that we don't like, that we don't want to be in, but that can't be changed right now. And so instead, I, I ended up just really asking myself, you know, what could I do in this moment that would make the moment more bearable as I accepted the situation that I was in? And I took up my phone and I went onto Instagram and I, um, just started looking at cat videos. <laughs> and I swear to you, within five or 10 minutes, I was laughing and I was like, I could feel all the feel good hormones now being released in my body and my body was calming down. And then guess what happens? Then the line starts to move more quickly. And suddenly people are friendly and you know lovely and helpful and as best as they could be, apologetic for the wait. Um, explaining that they are not understaffed. They have the amount of staff that corporate will give them. It's just not enough. And, um, and I could just feel the shift in energy created a shift in the energy of the situation I was in. And suddenly things started to flow again. So I'm sure there may be a situation that you're involved with right now in your own life where it feels unacceptable or frustrating or it's pissing you off and you just don't want to be dealing with it. But the reality is it's here and um, you just don't have a choice. If you don't have a choice, 
if it's a situation that you can't walk away from, and there's plenty of times I couldn't just walk away from, I needed to get this prescription filled so I couldn't leave. So if you're in a situation where you just can't change it right now, then what you want to do is focus on shifting your energy. How do you shift your energy from being frustrated and angry to being at peace with the situation? I certainly also saw it as an opportunity to practice patience, which is one of my probably most important spiritual lessons in this lifetime <laughs> is becoming a more patient woman. And so as I breathed and as I started smiling at the cat videos that I was watching or the cat posts that I was looking at, um, I knew that I was doing my body a favor. I was doing my mind a favor. I was doing everybody around me a favor and I was shifting the energy so that things would flow more smoothly and they did. So that's, a, that's an important act of self-care. And if you're not faced with a situation right now that's requiring you to accept or to be patient, trust me, <laughs> it'll probably show up tomorrow, if not tonight or today, depending on where you are. And when it does, just remember to breathe and do your best to get into a place of acceptance and patience as quickly as possible and things will probably change. Yes. All right. So I see a lot of you are here. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me. Um, you are welcome to put questions in the comment section and I will do my best to answer them. I do want to let you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the self-care by the sea retreat is now open for registration. It's April 12th through the 14th. Um, that's a place where you can come and join a small group of men and women and get some coaching by me. Uh, so every retreat is different. It's really based on whatever, what your needs are. And oftentimes the needs of individuals end up being sort of universal within the group. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching during the weekend. And um, sometimes we do some tapping. I use the tapping therapies. And uh, this retreat, Russ Hudson, who is really the world's leading expert on the Enneagram, will be joining me again. And the Enneagram is a... Uh, uh, typing system that really it's sort of a guide that you can use for psychological and spiritual development. It's a really powerful tool that helps you to identify um, what type you are. There are nine different types and it pegs people incredibly accurately. And it's a really powerful tool for understanding yourself in a deeper way, for understanding why you get stuck uh, what you need to do to get unstuck. And this retreat is all about getting out of your own way so that you can move forward and live the life that you want to live. And so I'm looking forward to teaching with Russ again. It's a real um, treat because we don't have a chance to do that very often, and I'm not sure when we'll have a chance to do it again. So if you're familiar with the Enneagram, you probably want to come and see us. And if you're not, and if you need some... Uh, a weekend of self-care and focus on yourself, then I invite you to check out the retreat at CherylRichardson.com. I'll post a link to it directly here when we're done. Okay, it's limited to 50 people, 50, 55 people, and um, they sell out. So um, you definitely want to register sooner rather than later. Okay, all right, let's see what we have here. Um, oh, thank you, Kathy. Kathy says she's listening to the audible version excuse me, of waking up in winter. You know, it's interesting, Kathy. So many people have written to me to say that um, they really like the audio book because they feel like, you know, they're hearing my voice and they feel like they're taking the journey with me. 
I think there's something about um, waking up in winter, being a journal, and then reading it that just makes it feel more personal and intimate. I'm glad that it spoke to you in some important way. That's awesome. Let's see. All right. I'm going to look here to see. Um, <laughs> Lori says, I have four cats. We learn so much from cats. Boy, is that true. Uh, so I'm looking at your questions. Um, oh, so Heather, yes. Heather says, this is so timely. Thank you. I said goodbye to my sweet 15-year-old kitty yesterday after a battle with cancer. Today I'm trying to breathe and accept and be thankful for our years together and that she's no longer in pain. I miss her so much. I understand, Heather. I really do. It's a profound act of love to put an animal to rest um, that's, you know, that's not well. I remember it's, you know, vividly when we made the decision to put Poupon to rest. Um, I knew with every fiber of my being that I loved this little cat so much that there was no way I was going to let him suffer. I would take the suffering on to make sure that he didn't suffer. And um, 15 years is a long time, sweetheart. And I'm going to put you in my prayer book right here. You all know my, my red prayer book I always mention. I'll put you in there, Heather. And um, just breathe. Here's what I want you to know. I say this all the time on Facebook Live because this comes up a lot. You will get through this. There will be um, another side. There'll be a time where the pain will come and it'll pass quickly and you'll be left with beautiful memories, but it's going to take a while. And, um, and I have no doubt that you will get through this and that you'll reach that point where you'll just have these beautiful, fond memories. Uh, yeah. And I'm sending you lots of love. And um, you're in the prayer book. All right, let's see. Uh, yeah, I love this. Jennifer says, you know, when she has to wait, I always think, oh, well, my angels must be protecting me from something I don't need to be involved with. Yeah, I, I had a friend, Susan, who used to always say, um, when, when I was stuck in traffic, she'd say, oh, the universe doesn't want you to get there yet. There's a reason. And um, I loved that. So... Um, Lori says, I'm an artist at heart and I can't change furlough circumstances. So I'm focused on all my inner work and loving my creative time, embracing this moment. I just got your book from the library. I don't own one of your books yet. <laughs> you will someday, hopefully, Lori. And um, it's a great way to use furlough time for sure. Um, so let's see. I'm just looking for questions. Um, Alice says, Cheryl, I'm pursuing embarking a shift into a life transformation career from nurse practitioner to yoga instructor. I'm new to the area and unfamiliar with the town. Please coach me in how I best begin this journey. Um, so being new to the area, obviously, I'm assuming you've already been trained as a yoga instructor. That's awesome. And um, what a wonderful combination to have the experience as a nurse practitioner and then to be able to do the yoga uh, so how do you get to know what's going on in town? Well, I always like to combine self-care with meeting people. So is there a gym that you can uh, join, but a gym that's really focused on community and connection? Um, I would take lots of yoga classes so that you get to learn the um, studios in your area, the people that go to yoga classes in your area. You may come across places that would invite you to teach. Um, by taking their classes. 
people are always, I mean, my understanding is that yoga studios are always looking for teachers. Um, you know, depending on where you're living, I don't know how big the, uh, the area is. Um, I would also look for where you might volunteer. Um, is there an animal shelter nearby? Is there, um, you could even volunteer at a nursing home and maybe end up doing yoga there for some of the, the patients or, you know, a assisted living facility. You could volunteer there and, um, and meet some people. Um, you know, when I, when I came off the road and decided to really invest in a more local community where I lived, I found a gym that was very community oriented. Um, I started taking classes. I started talking to people. I mean, that's the other thing I want to say to you is, um, um, Alice, you want to, thank you. I'm glad you reposted this, Alice. I couldn't get your name. It went by too quickly. Um, Alice, the other thing that's really important is start talking to everybody. When you're in the right energetic space and when you go out into town, whether you go to the post office or a flower shop or the grocery store, start practicing being really social and friendly and warm. Um, because what that does is a couple things. Number one, it helps you to meet people without a doubt. Number two, it opens up the energy. It makes you approachable. And um, you'll find that people will approach you because of that. And it also kind of sends a message to the universe that you are open and receptive to new opportunities. And then they magically start appearing. I've done this for years, and it's quite amazing how it works. So I hope that those are, um, I hope that those are helpful. Make sure that you have some kind of a job that gives you a consistent source of income so that you're not worried about money. When we're worried about money and we're trying to build a business, it's, um, uh, we're not as attractive, and I'm talking about energetically as attractive, as we are when we feel safe and secure financially. So it's important that you have money coming in in some way and um, you know, some consistent way so that you can build this business without suffering as you do it, without feeling desperate or anxious about where the money's gonna come from. That, that doesn't put out the right energetic vibe. So um, anyway, I hope that's helpful, Alice. Let's see. Uh, okay. So um, Lori says, what do you do when you believe with all your heart that you can live your passion, but your husband doesn't? He just lacks faith, but I'm affirming I can do this. I think he's scared. Yeah, well, you need to find out what he's scared about, Lori. Is it that, um, are you a, the breadwinner or part of the breadwinner? And is he concerned that, um, that you're going to lose income if you're following your passion? The important thing in that situation is to make sure that um, you have a plan, that you sit down and you talk with him about the, your plans to make sure that you continue to contribute financially to the household, if that's what you do, um, but to also find out what's he afraid of. Like, you know, is it just a belief he has in his head that he's projecting onto you? Or is there some concern related to, um, related to you and the household? Is he afraid he's going to have to take on more financial burden or to work more. Um, find out what he's afraid of and then make a plan. If you are part of the breadwinner, you know, if you are one of the breadwinners of the family, you're gonna probably need to build your, you know, pursue your passion on the side until it becomes a viable source of income. 
Okay. Mm, I'm drinking mushroom tea. It's really good. Um, let's see. Let's see here. Um, just looking at your questions, trying to read through all of these. Um, yeah, thanks, Maria. I'm glad you're enjoying waking up in winter. That's great. Uh, let's see, looking for your questions. Um, Cindy says, Cheryl, how do you deal with knowing there are homeless cats and dogs outside in the winter? I worry so much about them and feel helpless and sick thinking of how they might be suffering. Please help. You know, Cindy, it's funny. Um, Russ Hudson and I talked about this one day because I'm very empathetic and I love animals. And I mean, I worry about the deer and the raccoons and the birds. <laughs> um, one of the things I did that really helped me was I started volunteering time at the Center for Wildlife in uh, Maine, Southern Maine, near where I live. And um, I've been coaching their leadership team and I've been um, supporting them as they're building this beautiful wildlife center. And I've been putting my energy and my thinking towards what I can control. And um, I've learned a lot about how incredibly resilient and smart animals are, how they, they have survival instincts beyond what we have and how they're able to really handle um, circumstance, how they're built. Some of them are built to handle circumstances that we don't realize they're built to handle. Now, freezing cold temperatures is a whole other story. I understand. One time I was talking to Russ about this and Russ said to me, Cheryl, start to shift your thinking from all of the animals that are suffering to all of the animals that have been rescued and that are being cared for right now. And um, Cindy, I want you to know it's a conscious practice. And I began to do that anytime I would think, oh gosh, you know, we're going to have a blizzard. I hope the deer are okay. First of all, I got educated about deer. Deer, they're amazingly capable of handling harsh, harsh, harsh weather. So that was helpful. But I started to think about um, how resilient animals are, or I started to think about how, um, uh, you know, how the cat shelter near our home had people coming in all the time rescuing cats. I started to think about my friends who have rescued animals. Two of my closest friends just rescued a couple of dogs from Arkansas, and they're the best pet parents. So um, what you, what you want to recognize, Cindy, is the world is a harsh place, and you can't fix it all. You know, trying to, trying to save everyone and everything is a whole lot of people and a whole lot of things. And so it's really, you need to shift your thinking because there will always be suffering in the world. That's part of the human condition. We want to contribute to the healing of the world, not the suffering of the world. And that begins with us. So my volunteering at the Center for Wildlife has taught me so much about animals. It's helped me to focus on their strength and their resilience. And it's given me a chance to give back. Worrying about animals isn't giving back. It's contributing to the problem. So you want to um, consciously begin to shift your thinking and you want to see where you might be able to volunteer so that you feel like you're actively involved. You see, we suffer when we worry about what we can't control. But when we're doing something to contribute in some way, we stop the suffering. And that's what I would recommend for you. I hope that's helpful. All right, let's see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, thanks, Sherry. Sherry says, if in doubt about the return on investment of the retreat, please just go. It really is worth it. Thank you. You know, I have to say, I do have to say that um, my retreats are life-changing and that's not just marketing. That's, um, I've been doing them for 16, 17 years now. And the number of people who still to this day came 15 years ago and say their lives aren't the same is pretty high. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that and proud of that, quite frankly. I love doing work that really changes things, for, changes people in very significant ways. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, bear with me, everybody. I'm trying to get to, um, I'm trying to go through the, okay. Jennifer says, I'm a beginning boundary setter. <laughs> it's very sweet. How do I learn to respect my boundary setting and let go of the guilt of telling people no? Still feeling like I don't really know who I am. Lots of childhood trauma. Okay, well, whenever there's childhood trauma, you definitely want to get good therapy, uh, in particular from therapists who specialize in dealing with childhood trauma. And um, especially if they combine the psychological and the physical, the body, body, mind, and spirit, um, really good therapy is important, Jennifer. And, um, and part of the reason that's important is because when we start to set boundaries, it does bring up anxiety, it can bring up guilt, and we can get pushback from people who are used to us taking care of them or always saying yes. So um, you want to make sure you've got some good support in place so you feel like you've got backup, right? And um, you want to embrace the guilt. We can't just get rid of it. The goal here, Jennifer, is to get so comfortable with feeling guilty that it loses all its power over you. So I still feel guilty. There are things I do and I end up feeling guilty afterwards, but I talk to myself. I say to myself, sweetheart, you know what? You're a good human being and um, you take care of a lot of people and you deserve to take care of yourself and you get to take care of yourself first because that's how you take good care of other people. So I know you're feeling guilty right now, but you know what? I've got your back. You're whole. You're happy. You're going to be okay because I'm going to stand by you. That's really important, Jennifer. I'm going to stand by you. And the guilt dissipates more quickly when we don't resist it, when we don't feed into it, but we just go, oh, hello, guilt. There you are. Must mean I'm doing something right. I'm on the right track. For a lot of people who are just beginning to set boundaries and practice self-care, guilt is a sign that you're doing the right thing. That's what I say. So anyway, um, keep doing it. Celebrate your guilt. Just tell yourself, oh, this is awesome. I'm doing something right. How great is that? And good for you for setting boundaries. Really, really important. And please make sure you get some um, really good support for the past trauma. That It will make it easier for you. Um, yeah. Thank you, Anne. I received that. Thank you. Um, let's see. I've got just a few more minutes here. I'm just scrolling through. Um, okay. Will there be some additional or different things with Rick's presentation? Uh, you must, uh, Russ, um, yes, definitely going to be different. The whole thing's going to be different. The retreat she's asking about. I never do the same retreat twice. I get bored with myself. Um, Alice says, how do I participate in the gratitude challenge you tweet? Well, I do a gratitude challenge, um, yes, 
uh, on Instagram under coach on call. I do a gratitude challenge every night. I list five things I'm grateful for, and then I ask people to do the same thing. So um, I would encourage you to follow me on Instagram, or you can you can just respond to the tweet with the five things that you're grateful for. I look at those as well on Twitter. And Coach on Call is the username there too. So um, I hope that's helpful, Alice. All right, let's see. Um, Good, Jennifer. I'm glad. Okay, let's see. One more question, and then I've got to run quickly this week. I can't stay for as long as I did um, last time. Uh, <laughs> good. Um, Heather says, Alfie, my eight-month-old puppy is in the animal hospital ICU, slowly improving. Acceptance, uh, acceptance I am learning. Yes. How can I help him get better, please? You know, Heather, this reminds me of a, a little story. Louise Hay and I were in London several years ago, and uh, we were teaching our last workshop together, a weekend workshop, and um, my mother got sick and was rushed to the hospital, and I found out at 11 o'clock my time um, in London at the time, and I was really upset. She was, you know, there was nothing I could do. I was across the pond, and... Um, I remembered something Louise said to me that you can do affirmations for others and I think you can do affirmations for animals as well. So Heather, I would start, as you feel the anxiety come up, I would start saying things like, every hand that touches Alfie is a healing hand. Alfie is at peace and resting and healing quickly and easily. Um, Alfie's body is strong and she or a he, and um, and he's healing in the perfect way at the perfect time. Like just keep, um, keep affirming affirmations. You can do this for anybody, any of you who have a loved one who's sick or a loved animal who's sick that you're worried about. Every hand that touches them is a healing hand. They heal quickly and easily. Um, and then also do some affirmations for yourself. The more patient I am, the quicker Alfie heals. How about that one? right? Or the more accepting I am, the more peaceful I am, the more peaceful Alfie is. Alfie is surrounded by peaceful people. He's surrounded by loving people. Keep affirming that. And before you know it, Heather, what will happen is your constant worried thoughts will turn into positive affirmations. Like you'll, you're actually, you're retraining the, the brain. You're building new neural networks and, um, because what happens is when we worry, it's like we're building a groove. We're building a pattern in the brain, a neural network in the brain. And um, that pattern gets stronger and stronger and stronger the more we worry. This is true for all of us. This is why affirmations can be helpful because suddenly if you start affirming that he's in loving hands, that he's being taken care of, that he's, you know, he's healing quickly and easily, you're actually building a new pathway and you're deepening that groove. And that's going to support you, um, the both of you as uh, he heals and he's healing, which is awesome. And ICU is the perfect place because they're watching him and they're taking good care of him. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm also going to put you and Alfie in the prayer book. How's that? <laughs> give you a little extra boost of energy and healing. So um, Heather and Alfie. Okay. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope that you got something out of what I said for um, you know any of the coaching that I offered other people. I send you all lots of love and 
and um, healing energy and support for the challenges that you're faced with. I know there's a lot of loss here. I see that, um, you know, we all, life is about birth and death and beginnings and endings. And I get that it can be hard. Oh, before I go, I just want to say, everybody always asks me about this card. I'm so glad I remembered this. This is a card. It's, um, I got it when I was in London years ago. It's from Art House. Let me see if you can see that. Art House. So maybe it's printed in the UK and maybe you can, um, you can look it up, but it's, it doesn't, unfortunately it doesn't have a name and it's, it was a Christmas card and it's, I, it's the divine mother and it's beautiful. I love it so much that I keep it. Um, I keep it out all the time because it just makes me feel good. It keeps, keeps me connected to the divine feminine. All right, my friends, thank you for being here. I'm really glad you are. I'm so appreciative that you joined me. I hope to see some of you at the retreat and um, I'll look forward to being with you next week. All right. Take good care. Bye.